Everyone faces challenges every single day. Some are chosen and bring us joy. Some are given to us and bring struggle or pain. Whether the diagnosis of an illness, the news of a friend's death, the loss of a job, or a bike accident, we may be asked to step up to face issues that demand courage and perseverance. Hurt is just one of the many aspects of full lives. Each week on this show, ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope, Dr. Joanne Dahl helps us understand how we can use acceptance and commitment therapy to learn to accept what we cannot change and move forward into a valued life. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joanne Dahl. Welcome to ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Today we're going to talk about sports and about how psychology and ACT can be used to help athletes perform with precision and efficacy and at the same time increase their own balance and sense of well-being. Most of us have probably played some sports during our school years or still may be doing it. When I grew up in the 50s and 60s in the U.S., any young person interested in a sport could play in some function or another. Today, there seems to be much more competition and high stakes involved in sports, even for young children. Today, in order to reach the highest level of, of sports performance, children are trained from very early ages. Now, sports psychology involves the study of how psychological factors affect performance and how participation in sports and exercise affects psychological and physical factors. Commonly, sports psychologists would, would work with the training of athletes themselves or coaches and parents uh, in order to improve performance, but also other Feels like rehabilitation of athletes, communication between uh, athletes and their coaches, and team building. Today you're going to meet a psychologist who has his heart in sports psychology, Dr. Tobias Lundgren. He is an assistant professor at the University of Stockholm in Sweden. He is the author of a couple of ACT books and a number of scientific articles. He has co-authored a best-selling self-help book together with me uh, called Living Beyond Your Pain. Tobias is also the psychologist for MODO, which is the Swedish elite ice hockey team. You can read more about Tobias on his website by clicking his name on today's episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope. Remember that ACT has three parts. First is opening up to your experiences, which in this case might be any thoughts or fears or physical sensations that are present. Two is becoming aware of the nature of those thoughts, feelings, and sensations, especially the transitory nature of these phenomena while you remain a more const- in a more constant perspective as the observer of these phenomena. And thirdly, helping yourself to start moving forward and engaging in valued action. Welcome to BS. Thank you very much, Joanne. Nice to be in, in your show. To be a, 
our radio listeners are always interested in the person behind the clinician and the researcher. So how did you get interested in sports psychology? Well, my, my, I grew up in the north of Sweden and uh, uh, my family has always been very uh, as a sports family. I have, a, I have brothers and we always played sports. Uh, my, I have two older brothers who played hockey and I was with them uh, when they practiced and I practiced with my team. So my heart has always, I've grew, grown up inside sports and especially hockey. Mm-hmm. And then you became a psychologist afterwards. Yes, I became an. I stopped playing hockey and and then started to become a psychologist. And and I thought that I would uh, come back to sports. And I tried that, but uh, in the beginning, I uh, in the beginning I I, I didn't like it that much because uh, I wanted to play myself. But now, after a number of years, when Moto Hockey, which is a, uh, a great organization from the same area that I grew up, asked me uh, and we talked about it. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't resist. Mm-hmm. Well, Tobias, you have then a, a pretty much a lifelong experience of, of being in sports, both you and your family. So what, what type of problems have you experienced yourself with um with sports and I mean, when you think about psychology, what type of problems do athletes have? Well, I think I think um, I think one of the one of the problems that, uh, that that athletes have, like all people have, is that we 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 tend to be stuck in in both thoughts about what has been or what might be in the future, or and together with that also feelings that may affect our performances and I was for sure stuck in that sometimes mm-hmm. what type of what type of feelings are you, are you thinking you mean about that you if you have for example not made a missed a, a shot or missed a goal that you would yeah for example if you if a player misses a shot or it bounces off the post and uh, he gets he gets off to the to the, on the bench, waiting for the next shift. He might start think about what the coach thinks about him, or that he should have scored, etc., etc. And and the effect of that could be that the player is not as present as possible uh, on the ice, which decreases the likelihood of reacting on reality, reacting on what's happening out there instead being stuck in. Uh, thoughts and feelings, so it has been. Yeah, but to be a, isn't this especially? I, I mentioned in the beginning um, that you know when I grew up, everybody could play sports, but now it's become. I I, I see it as much more competitive than it was at that point. So isn't there a risk when there's a lot of competition and parents uh, egging the kids on? And isn't there a, a risk that? That this would happen, that the peop- that kids feel quite stressed about sports. I think so, absolutely. You know, and especially um, uh, when, especially for the elite players, uh, I think they're very good at handling this. Mm-hmm. But but also they have gr- grown up inside sports and always been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't be where they are, mm-hmm. which, which means that they. They get their reinforcement awfully by being 
being good and mm -hmm. being good at sports. And mm -hmm. I think if then they start to to uh, hit obstacles, maybe it doesn't get as easy uh, as it has been. Then they can that could of of course be problematic for them. So mm -hmm. I think looking at the whole person is important. Yeah, I want I want to get back to that whole person to be, but I wonder again. Um, it, it seems to me, you know, I'm, I'm of course not a, you know, and never been a good at sports, but um, it seems like that what you're saying is that we have a society that really uh, encourages that you fight really hard and that you have a, um, you know, fight on the team, and it, it must be hard to regulate that that you're really fighting and quite obsessed maybe in in. in in performance, and but then you actually have to focus and calm yourself to focus. How, I mean, how does that work? Um, well, I think I mean the, the I think it's a, it's an issue of, of of handling yourself, as you say, and I think practicing on a couple of of, of act as I call them act skills um, makes it easier for the athlete to to actually. Uh, focus their attention and focus their energy on a specific uh, a specific behavior pattern that is increase the likelihood of good performances. Mm -hmm. I think by using the skills of acceptance and willingness to experience whatever there is to experience, mm -hmm. uh, the ability to notice thoughts and feelings for what they are and not get stuck in that, mm -hmm. uh, the ability to refocus uh, to to maybe miss a shot and be able to refocus on what to do to to increase like a little playing well uh, those skills can really all can really help uh, deal with that pressure mm -hmm. uh, because I, I I agree with you totally that there is there is a pressure there and it should be I mean it's not strange that it is a pressure there mm -hmm. and together with that also like to say and and, and that, an important thing too, I think, in my work is to uh, help the players to be more process-driven than goal-driven. It's a result-oriented elite sport, hockey. I mean, it's about results. Yeah. But that, that's what I wanted to ask you. Um, I want, uh, What would you say that your job is exactly when you work with psychology? Is it to help them perform better? What is, what is the aim? What are you aiming towards as a psychologist there when you work with for example, the hockey team. I have a number of, of main focuses as a psychologist there. One is, of course, to help them perform as good as possible. I mean, that's, the, that's, that's pretty much also why I'm hired. And mm -hmm. that's part of it, of course. But also to, and I think to increase that likelihood, it's also to, to look at the whole person uh, to help uh, with different things uh, in their lives, um, but also at the team and at the or in the organization in Moodle to help the leaders or the coaches to know more about learning psychology, so that they can help um, the player to develop. Uh, that that kid coaches can can know more about how to how to teach kids to to play hockey. For example, and also how to to relate to to each other uh, inside the organization uh, between leaders and themselves, of course, but also between players and leaders. Uh, 
Tobias, one thing I think uh, sounds different to me, uh, I know I saw the first book on sports psychology actually came out in 1928, and it's, it seems like um, in sports psychology it's been uh, a lot about you know how you can you know perform better, but it seems like what you're saying is by looking at the whole person, uh, performance actually could be approved by maybe not particularly um, working on that performance skill, but the the whole, focusing more the whole person. Is that what you're saying? Well, I I would have hypothesized that, that that the players wouldn't be um, as vulnerable as they can be if they only, if it's only about the results. If they're a good person, if, if they're a good human being, if they play well, I think uh, working on more levels in in, in life all, can also help them to be more stable and to handle pressure and to handle um, handle tough situations. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that 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 I think is important and and also to say that this is of course uh, I'm part of a team here and the and and working together with the coaches is. Uh, in the coaches in Muro that I've been honored, honored to work with, like Ulf Samuelsson and Peter Andersson and, and the medical team, that we all work together and it, it, it's being part of a team to help everyone to 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 up their antes, to play play a little better, but also to to of course uh, work function together a little, mm-hmm. bit, a little mm-hmm. bit better. So, Tobias, how? Common are problems in professional sports. This type of psychological problems of being getting obsessed in feelings or thoughts and not being able to focus. Well, I think I mean the way I look at it and the way we work with it is that we always can can increase uh, uh, can increase uh, this skill. We can always train it. Uh, for example, <clears throat> refocusing. I mean. As with every humans, every human being, and with every person, you, we we get stuck in thoughts and feelings, mm-hmm. in different situations. And what our work is about is to help the players and help ourselves to to be be even better and and to develop this skill of noticing when you get stuck and getting back to what we call getting back to the line. Which, which means getting into the, the type of behavior that increases the likelihood of good results mm-hmm. and do, good performances. So do, we, we always talk about getting back to the line, getting back to the line. Mm-hmm. And that means refocusing, getting back to the line? Yeah, mm-hmm. and connect with what's important. Yeah. So, Tobias, do, do, do you have any, any examples of um, exercises that you could show us, how you work? Um. Absolutely, um, and I, I can show you an exercise that I I asked the players to to practice uh, um, uh, once or twice a day, and it's a it's an exercise about refocusing them to train to practice the skill of refocusing. And let me just ask you to if we're going to do this for the radio listeners, that uh, yeah. we should probably ask them that they should not be driving a car. Yeah, that's that is true. Not, don't 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 do mindfulness and drive. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so okay. So so and and 
I'm going to ask you to to and this is a, this is a we're practicing a skill here, and the skill is to to refocus. And if you connect that with hockey, that would, that would be as we talked about before. That would be if you, for example, misses a shot or that the puck bounces off the post, or you, you started to, to think about what the coach thinks about you. That darkens and you're, uh, that, that makes you aware of what's happening inside instead of being uh, having your awareness on out there, mm-hmm. reacting on reality that is outside your inner world. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to just for now... Uh, if you sit, sit, just sit as you sit, mm-hmm. and if, if you can just for a cup for a minute or so, just close your eyes if it's okay. If you don't want to close your eyes, you can just keep them open, but focus your 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 uh, gaze on a, on a on a spot in front of you, mm-hmm. um, and just see if you can connect with the way that you breathe in and the way that you breathe out. You can. Notice that when you breathe in, you breathe in a little bit colder air than the, than, than the air that you, you breathe out. See if you can notice that. Let your awareness just follow the way that you breathe in and the way that you breathe out. If there pops up thoughts in your mind that takes a hold of your awareness or sounds or anything that takes a hold of your awareness, that takes your awareness away from connected, being connected with your breathing, the way that you breathe in and the way that you breathe out. Notice if that happens. Just bring it back. Constantly bring it back gently to the way that you breathe in and the way that you breathe out. Do that in silence for a, a little while. Good. So uh, now we have been practicing bringing back your awareness to where you have chosen it to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just stop the exercise there. If you have closed your eyes, you can just open them up. And uh, what we have practiced here is, of course, the ability to to refocus and bring it back to. Uh, uh, bringing back the awareness and that we're not practicing here, practicing here of course the, the ability to keep your awareness on necessarily your breathing mm-hmm. for, a, for a sports person or a, a hockey player it is practicing the skill of noticing when your awareness is getting hooked up by by experiences mm-hmm. or sounds or anything that is taking up their awareness mm-hmm. noticing when it happens and coming back to be able to choose uh, a behavior or a way of being or a, a behavior that is effective that is more likely to help you to be the best player you can mm-hmm. uh, that, that sounds good to be do you have an example of a particular person that you've worked with and and how it went for them well, um, <clears throat> I don't want to talk about names, uh, but <laughs> but I mean I work with a lot of um, 
bright and 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 really good good players and uh, up in Mudo, uh, Mudo has been a, an organization that has uh, raised and, and, and taught a lot of world-class players. Not that I have worked with, I have the honor to work with him in the organization now. Um, but um, uh, like Peter Forsberg, Marcus Naslund and, and the twins, Sidians, who is sober uh, there now, there are a lot of players uh, has grown up in this organization, so it's an honor to be in the organization. But the, now with the with the group that I practice on, I I'm not only trying to be, or I'm not only the psychologist that is there to helping them perform and helping them to, but I also um, as a researcher trying or um, have are doing research projects up there. So what we have done now is that we have done a group study where we looked at if we could change the way that the players related to thoughts and feelings related to hockey. Mm -hmm. And it looks like, well, I'm writing it up now, it looks like we compared it between it's a, what we call a, a, a controlled group study. Do you have any a, a particular example from that? Because I think the listeners are interested in what, you know, a particular example of what that might look like. What what we would do. Yeah, what you do and how it went for a particular person. Yeah. Uh, well, I can, an example is that is one of the players that was stuck in, in vicious pattern that was taking his, his, uh, up his awareness and he, he didn't perform as he wanted to. And we started working. And the first thing we did was that we, we connected it back to uh, what he really enjoyed when he was really playing well and, and, and try to define those type of behaviors, what he wanted to do more of. Then mm -hmm. we also... Uh, what type of behaviors would that have been? For example, when he uh, when he got over the red line, not just dump the puck, for example, but instead uh, challenging the D uh, towards goal and taking the puck towards goal. That could be what he was usually, what he usually did when he played really well. Mm-hmm. And when he didn't play as well, what he did was, of course, just over the red line and dumping the puck. Mm -hmm. So we uh, and and so so we defined those type of what he wanted to do more of and mm -hmm. what he needed to do less of. Mm -hmm. And then we worked on that and we looked at the obstacles that he felt because he would he felt insecure, mm -hmm. like some insecurity there, mm -hmm. the fear of fa fear of failure, for example. So mm -hmm. we. We worked on that with acceptance, uh, and 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 which would mean what the acceptance that he has that thought. Yeah, that he has the thought, and that, and also how um, how how the feelings and um, were how it was feeling, uh, and so he could choose, and also we talked about choosing to 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 do those behaviors even. In the face of these emotional difficulties. So, you, for so, for example, even if he was thinking, um, "I feel insecure about myself," that he could he could put his feet in that direction together with with that thought. He didn't have to wait until he felt better about himself first, no. and then. No, we often talk about um, that we, as a team, should be should be better than self confidence. Uh huh. Uh, we don't need self confidence to act to act you know, according to. Um, uh, according to what we uh, know or uh, what we believe is, is, is good hockey behavior. 
Mm-hmm. We're not being self-confidence. We can act according to that in even despite whatever feelings we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, and what what he did was that he chose he chose that, and 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 then I gave gave him a lot of feedback on that on the performance. So I I frequency rate rated during game during the game how how many, how often he did the the let's say the, the good hockey behavior and how often he did the the the, the, the hockey behavior that was more controlled about the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And then he, I gave him feedback after the game. We looked at the video, and he also rated himself on how, how he, uh, how he was able to refocus on the important things. Mm-hmm. So, and what we could see was that the, that the uh, frequency of the good behavior really increased uh, during during a couple of games. Mm-hmm. When when he did what when he accepted, yeah when he when he worked on noticing um, the the ups the thoughts and the feelings that popped up and and kind of hindered him mm-hmm. when he noticed that and engaged in the in the more value driven behavior or the more what we call it I mean getting back to the line and doing the good hockey behavior, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Uh, to be a uh, so, if if I um, were to summarize what you're saying, are you saying that the, mainly the problems with uh, how you work is partly that uh, the sports person themselves has been in focus rather than the whole person, and then the other thing is the uh, loss of focus when uh, you get obsessed in thoughts or feelings, and uh, so you help them to actually engage in what they want to do. Together with the obstacles, would that be a yeah summary? Absolutely, I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good summary of how it's 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 as you say, it's about skills of practicing skills to handle and being being with the fact that we have thoughts and feelings and engage in 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 behaviors and ways of being as a hockey player that increases the likelihood of being effective in that environment. Tobias, we have used the word self-compassion many times in these programs, and um, I know that you're a very compassionate person yourself and uh, and as a therapist. Would you call this self-compassion that you're teaching them to actually care for themselves? And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think there the players are are very good at being harsh on themselves, being really hard. Uh, and I think uh, that you that a bit of self compassion towards oneself is is really could really be important. Um, for example, if you have if you have time to for another example, mm-hmm. you it's just. Post, we do a post-game exercise to save kind of mental energy, and and so we, we set a time. I help some players to set a time, so say for example an hour. And during that hour, we can be either happy, sad, or angry uh, about. I mean, because that happens off the games. If you win, you're happy, and if you lose, you're, you're sad. Mm-hmm. Happy. That's that's the way it goes. Um, but after in that hour, I want I also want them to think about the game. 
an hour, two hours, uh, just at a time. But also, think about the game. Is there anything they want to change or do differently? Mm-hmm. And also, what did they do good? And they mm-hmm. write it down and they send it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as the third thing they, they, they do is that they close, like, close the books or like, close the game. After they have sent me that, uh, they, they, uh, they close that game. Mm-hmm. And then they use the skills of, like you have, we have talked about the diffusion, acceptance, etc., to engage in other things like the family, their families, their kids, their friends, mm-hmm. if they're interested in music, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. So that they use the skills to just close the books mm-hmm. and then engage in other things. I like that. To be, we've come to the end of our program. Um, what? If, do you have any advice you might give to our radio listeners who might themselves be playing sports or have children or friends who might be experiencing this type of problems in engaging in sports? Well, I would say, uh, first and foremost, I would say just find your own value in the sport. What is it that, what's it, what, it, what it is that they love with the sport? And if they can't connect with that, uh, let that be a motivator for, uh, for, for their, their, their sporting, uh, I think they will have more fun and I also think that they will be more likely to be effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, and, and to don't steer themselves blind on points or results, but also kind of the process of, of, of playing, mm-hmm. uh, playing sports. Mm-hmm. That sounds like good advice, Tobias. Thank you so much for being on our program today. Thank you very much for letting me participate. You've been listening to Dr. Tobias Lundgren, who is assistant professor at the University of Stockholm in Sweden. Tobias is the author of several ACT books and a number of scientific articles. He has co-authored a best-selling self-help book together with me called Living Beyond Your Pain. Uh, You can read more about Tobias and his books, and um, by clicking on his website, by clicking on his name on this week's episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope on webtalkradio.net. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for joining us today. For more information about Joanne, please see her website at joannedahl.com or click on the host website button in front of you on the webtalkradio.net page. You may also see her books, The Art of Science of Valuing in Psychotherapy, Living Beyond Pain, Using Acceptance and Commitment Therapy to Ease Chronic Pain, Acceptance and Commitment Therapy for Chronic Pain, Values in Action, and Epilepsy, a Behavior Medicine Approach to Assessment and Treatment in Children. All of these are found easily by clicking the cover or going to Amazon.com. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of ACT, Taking Hurt to Hope.